Hello and welcome back to the Nutanix Community Podcast. I'm Angelo Luciani, and this is episode 46, holiday special. Thanks for joining me. Hello, everyone. I hope you've had a wonderful holiday and a chance to spend time with friends and family. This week, my co-host, Dwayne Lesner, has rejoined us on the podcast, and his insights and sense of humor always add a special twist to the recordings. Dwayne chats with Mark Niemeyer, sorry, Mark, I know I pronounced that wrong, Director of Product Management Data Protection. Very timely subject with the holidays upon us. You want the ability to be away from the office with the full confidence that your systems are running and protected. Dwayne and Mark talk about a capability in AOS 5.5 called NearSync. Let's join the conversation. Joining us today by sheer heritage of being Dutch virtualization guru, we have Mark Niemeyer from Nutanix, I think director of product management covering DR. Is that uh, about the right title, Mark? Yeah, that's correct. I'm part of the product management team here in, uh, in San Jose in California. Um, and I, I am responsible for basically anything around data protection. Um, so that covers um, all the Nutanix native features like replication, um, disaster recovery, Metro, and also the integration with all of the uh, the backup vendors that are out there. Um, so the names like the, the Veeams and the Veritas's and the Convolts and the Contrades. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that keeps me pretty busy uh, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Did uh, did I butcher your name too badly? Uh, the Dutch pronunciation is Nijmeyer, but um, I've heard it all before. So correct, I did. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, all good. I'll uh, continue on the heritage uh, of doing that. I was wondering, Mark, if you had missed any backup vendors off that list. You don't want them, uh, you know, hitting up your email, feeling yeah, left out. It's, that's a good point because the list has, has grown quite fast over the last few months. So let's let's go through the through the full list of vendors that I'm that I'm working with right now. Of course, uh, Convolt has been with us the longest. They have done native integration into the Nutanix APIs for about two years now. And then over the last, um, I would say two, three, four quarters, um, we, uh, we're seeing a lot of new names. So uh, I've been working with uh, Comtrade, with Veritas, um, with Unitrends, with Cohesity, with Rubrik. Um, let's see, then Veeam is coming out um, somewhere over the next two quarters. Um, and then um, also working with some of the other uh, big names that are out there that I cannot uh, name publicly yet. But um, I think, yeah, all in all, uh, we're making very nice inroads into the, the the backup ecosystem that's forming nicely around the, the Nutanix platform to uh, to protect any any kind of workloads running on Nutanix. Yeah, I think it's great. It's probably one area that was holding back AHV adoption, but now, you know, I kind of group the backup vendors into two camps. I'll call them one the the curmudgeons; they've just been around forever, and then the the new players. But depending on what you need, might direct you into to different areas. But you know, probably probably nothing gets past you. I think you you were one of maybe one of your earlier jobs. You were actually a software engineer at Veritas. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I started my my career as a, as a software engineer straight out of college at Veritas. Um, I was not working on the backup products back then. I was working on the on the storage management uh, storage management products. 
Um, so my first product that I worked on was the the Windows Volume Manager. That's actually part of like Windows 2000 and even the the most recent uh, uh, the most recent Windows versions, um, where you create the partitions and assign drive letters and so on. That is actually Veritas products. Uh, and from there, yeah, I moved on to uh, uh, like Unix Volume Manager and then joined Zen Source, worked on Zen Server for a while. Uh, was at Citrix for uh, about seven years and worked on the on the Zen Desktop product there. Uh, mostly on the on the product management side, and then I joined Nutanix. That's uh, kind of a crazy roller coaster of different companies. Well, I shouldn't say not too many, considering, but it's interesting the the path for sure. Yeah, so I was at at, at Veritas for seven years, then ZenSource and acquired Citrix. So in total, was there for seven years. Oh, and I forgot, of course, I was at Atlantis for a few years as well. So typically, yeah, uh, it's 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 a long, steady journey. Once I like a company and join them. The, the focus wasn't meant to be on backup, per se, but more with uh, the release of 5.5 uh, and NearSync being out in the market. I thought it was a good opportunity to get yourself on to discuss kind of the, the inner workings and what's really, you know, the underpinning technologies. Plus, I heard the terms lightweight and hydration in terms of NearSync, which <laughs> made me thinking it would be a perfect start to the the new year with all these new year's resolutioners wanting to maybe shed some pounds yeah def definitely uh nearsync is uh is uh turned out to be a, a relatively big project that engineering has been working on probably continuously over the last 18 maybe even 24 months uh it introduces a, a new replication technology under the covers uh, that allows us to uh, to reach like one minute RPO from the current or the the, the pre five five uh, minimum RPO of one hour. Uh, these lightweight snapshots they are SSD based. They're they're making use of our oblog technology. Um, so they're really light. They're really just markers uh, that uh, that our system introduces in the uh, in the I/O stream. So as as writes come in for a particular VM for a particular VDisk, we keep track of which writes go to which VDisk, and then we just keep track of of all of those writes between the snapshots. So one one marker is basically going from writes 1500 to write 1800, and we know exactly what the data is um, that came into that particular VM. Um, and then once an hour, we'll take those LWSs, the, those lightweight snapshots, and we coalesce those into a full uh, traditional snapshot. So that's where we're starting to see um, things like space savings, uh, because we're we're getting rid of all of the uh, the duplicate writes to the same uh, to the same regions and so on. But yeah, You're a lot of stuff under the covers, but from a user experience and from a management workflow, absolutely no changes. Uh, you still manage your your protection domains the same way as you are used to before. The only thing we've done is we made it a little bit easier to specify how long you want the retention to be, how long we want to uh, retain the snapshots. We're introducing things like roll-up schedules where um, you give us uh, a time period that basically you can say, I want to retain for a month and we automatically create the right schedules in the background. Um, so there's a lot less cognitive overhead for the admin to figure out, oh, I need to maintain so many snapshots and then so many snapshots and then so many snapshots. You you were mentioning markers and oplog, which tends to be for, for random IO. How, what does that do for the overall performance? I know, you know, obviously we know the impacts of hypervisor-based snapshots, but if we're, you know, continually snapshotting a workload every minute, what, is, what does that look like for the application? 
Yeah, so actually, there's 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 hardly any overhead. Um, we're uh, we're of course utilizing a little bit more CPU because we're keeping track of things. Uh, but in terms of application overhead, uh, it's it, it's it's very minimal. Those snapshots, because they're just markers, there's no uh, impact. There's no drop in application performance per se. Like, you're saying, uh, like you're seeing with hypervisor-based snapshots that you brought up, Dwayne. Right? If, if if you take a vSphere-based snapshot and if you look at the IOPS or the transactions per minute, you'll always see a pretty significant drop. Um, with Nutanix snapshots, you do, you don't see those drops at all. On so you you have this going across the network, or I guess even before you get it going across the network, how should how should you think about grouping? your applications cuz typically the on the async side you could put 200 of these you know vms or applications inside a protection domain and way you go should you kind of just continue on the same way yeah i'm starting to guide more towards thinking around applications right with with com coming in or with blueprints coming in we're exposing applications as like a top level management entity so even for for uh, near sync i would say start thinking about putting one application in a protection domain we're going to make everything a lot easier in like one of the upcoming releases but but start grouping them on a per application basis and there's there's some good reasons for that a you have a nice management uh boundary around your applications right but you can now also set up uh you can much tighter control the rpos and rtos and retentions uh, for that particular application um th there's also some side effects because of uh, the way NearSync is working and lws is working uh, at the moment we for instance, run out of bandwidth will automatically fall back into like a one-hour RPO uh, schedule, and we'll we'll continuously try to get back into near sync. Uh, but until we are there, you're basically only getting one snapshot per hour. So you don't want to uh, have one application impact the RPO for other applications. Uh, so I hope that makes sense. Really, you're 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 setting up the replication at an application context and you're uh, minimizing the impact of other applications that might be misbehaving on the RPOs that you have set for your mission-critical applications. And basically try to keep them grouped together, and if something bad happens, you're not going to have to be resyncing every single VM potentially. Exactly, and, and missing your, your business objectives, yes. Yeah, it's always, unfortunately, there's a there can be a disconnect between business and the IT team, you know, who makes the decision. So oh, I know I've, is, yes. <laughs> I've been been guilty a lot of times of like, well, why wouldn't I want to back up everything one every single minute? But then these are obviously repercussions to, to everything you do or don't do. But yep. 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 But yeah, ov overall, I'm, I'm very excited that this technology is live now. Um, I'm, I'm closely tracking uh, the amount of clusters that are using it, and we're we're seeing uh, uh, quite a few out there already that are that are testing it out, basically. Uh, but yeah, I'll, 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 I have high hopes for getting a few more percentage points at tax rate for 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 disaster recovery for Nutanix. So I know one of the the five five announcements was the increase to uh, six hundred thousand virtual disks for being supported on a Nutanix cluster. How does that pair in with near sync is it does that matter is it included or how does that work so but, th th those six hundred thousand limit does not include the snapshots we're taking for for uh, for lws for near sync 
uh, but it does uh, reflect that we're constantly increasing all of the the, the internal uh, scalability uh, points that we have, right? Um, we want to get to like millions and millions. In, in the end, Nutanix, uh, we're, we're still using WebScale as a slogan, right? So you don't want to have um, artificially artificial bottlenecks in, in the product. Uh, 600,000, I, th I think over the next few releases, you'll see that, uh, you'll see us increase that even more. Uh, because in the end, people want larger clusters, are, are running more mission-critical workloads. Um, so you need to have uh, that kind of scalability in the system. No, it, it's good. I was kind of where I was thinking was like, well, if I'm taking all of these one minute snapshots, I'm going to to blow out that number. But I guess the, the near sync and I guess the traditional async snapshots, um, they are different and it's only the async ones that are really affecting that number. That is correct. Yeah. So only the, the regular VDSPIS snapshots come towards that 600K number. That is correct. Um, we are planning with with one of the, with going to 600k uh, snapshots. We are planning to also um, increase the uh, the frequency that, that we can take uh, the full snapshots to be the space snapshots to at once every 15 minutes. Uh, so that's coming in in one of the upcoming releases as well. And that will make NearSync even better, right? Because then we'll use LWS between basically zero and 15 minutes. And then after that, we're just using the, the regular feeder space snapshots. Does, does the restore process change if I'm using these LWS snapshots? Do I have to do anything different? No. For from a from a um, outward facing, from a customer facing perspective, there is absolutely no change. Of course, if you um, if you pick an LWS, say you pick it from three minutes ago, we'll have to do some internal work to upgrade that, to hydrate that um, uh, LWS into a full full VDS based snapshot. But that's all done transpa transparently and only takes a few seconds typically. Um, so from yeah from an from an admin perspective, no change at all. Oh, that's awesome. The, I guess there's, you know, we're planning or it's been announced or you can under, see the underpinnings with um, Zy being announced at .next, the orchestration. Are, where does NearSync fit into the overall puzzle scheme with, uh, with Zy? Yeah, so Zy, um, that's, that's another big project that, that we've, been working on for a, for a while already, and if if you go back to like the design uh, keynote demo that we did um, in Nice just a few months ago, you'll see new workflows being introduced for disaster recovery. Right, we're introducing the notion of runbooks, um, so that allows you to orchestrate the failover of particular applications, and we're also introducing the notion of protection policies that define your RPO, your retention in your RTO, and then you can set up very flexible rules to apply those policies to uh, the applications that you want to protect. So with that, we'll also have things like default protection that a lot of our customers have, uh, have been asking for. So you can set up a rule saying any VM that is uh, that's, that has this naming scheme or any VM that is in this container or any VM that has this tag, this label, you can automatically protect with using policy gold Right, and that will automatically start replicating it to another uh, DR site. And then, like I said, the runbooks, they sit on top of those policies and they, they orchestrate uh, how to bring up a particular application in a particular location. Uh, so that includes things like boot ordering, um, IP address management, uh, we can do re-IPing, we'll do that natively. And 
and also script execution. So you can uh, maybe uh, reprogram your load balancer or reprogram some, some DNS somewhere. So um, as part of your failover um, capabilities. And then outside of failover, we'll also introduce, introduce the notion of testing, the capability of testing out uh, your, your recovery plan, your runbook. Uh, so we'll bring up an application without impacting the production workload, production network traffic, uh, and even the, the, the ongoing replication will bring up the application in, in its own networking bubble. Uh, so you can log in on the console and make sure that the application come up, comes up and so on. I just envision, after hearing that, just lots of zeros and ones floating by on the network. <laughs> the As far as throughput goes, is it pretty much the same as the regular async? So I know on the async traffic, there was, I think, you know, every storage controller could deliver four or five files and, you know, there was, it was distributed. Is near sync the same way? Are there any, anything you should be aware of before no. flipping the switch and no, everything is the same there. Um, in terms of like bandwidth utilization, if you think about it, if you replicate once an hour, you replicate a, a large data set. If you cut it down to one minute, you're basically replicating that same data set in 60 smaller chunks. So in terms of bandwidth utilization, you'll see uh, hopefully no increase at all. Of course, if you have a lot of overrides, there might be some increase, but we have calculators available for that. But yeah, typically in terms of bandwidth utilization and, and system overheads, um, no, no, no impacts uh, because of NeoSync. So really, it should be less spiky on the network versus one mm -hmm. giant... Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. got kink in the fire hose, so yeah. to speak, and then letting letting it go crazy. Exactly. So the the way NearSync is implemented, as soon as a write comes in, we schedule it uh, for for replication. It's not like with the old uh, the the legacy snapshots where we take a snapshot and then we replicate it in one big burst over the network. This is basically it's almost like a semi sync, right? Um, a write comes into the primary cluster, we acknowledge it back to the application, and then we schedule it for uh, for replication. So we're not even replicating once a minute, no, we're continuously replicating, and only when we take the snapshot, then we insert that marker that I was talking about into the I.O. stream. You had mentioned the, the failing back piece that's kind of orchestrated for you. Is there, what kind of says it's okay to fail back, assuming you know, there was a network change and I missed my window. What tells me that I can go back or it starts kind of going yeah. back into sync? Yeah, so today um, we'll order. So let's talk for this. So in the current model with protection domains, um, the admin has to reactivate the protection domain for uh, that replication flow to start again, right? Oh, not even not even that far. Just what happens if uh, it got switched to it got switched to async. So it it started doing one hourly snaps. How do I do? I have to do anything to go back to it? Oh no, it no. So near will always once you set it up with a certain RPO, will always. Uh, try to get back to that that level of RPO. So if it falls out of near sync and does one hour um, snapshots, we'll try to get back into um, into LWS into near sync as soon as possible. As soon as we have the bandwidth available on the wire again. The way that works, Dwayne, is um, we'll take a full snapshot every hour, and then we measure how long it takes. Um, for that snapshot to be replicated, and if that's less than, I believe it's if it's less than thirty minutes, we'll also um, start replicating uh, the LWSs again. 
Um, so, and then once uh, the next full snapshot is replicated, right? Uh, so it's basically after an hour and so, and some some extra minutes, will the system will be back in near sync and all of the LWSs will be valid. Uh, so all of that is is automatic. You'll get alerts, of course, when we fall out of near sync, and then when when we're back into near sync, so you know that uh, that your mission critical application is protected in in the uh, with the right IPO. Nice. That's uh, pretty impressive that the workflows don't change, and I don't really think I you really have to know anything outside of what you, we currently know from a, a DR standpoint. Yeah, it's it's kind of Nutanix's mantra, right? Is we make something that is that could be very complex, we make it very simple, um, and I think we've done a really good job of that. Um, with NearSync, from an outside perspective, no changes in workflows, but under the covers. Where uh, we have uh, invested quite heavily in developing this uh, this, te this technology. Yeah, I think it's. I've seen you know uh, the QA at Nutanix. I've seen some of the the emails. I just think every every release we get new features, but it's good to know that it's it's integrated. I guess that's part of owning the the whole stack. Yeah, we've we've invested quite significantly on the QA side since. Um, I joined about two years ago, and it's it's really good to see how the team um, ha has built up the test coverage, uh, how deep they go, how how much they think through everything, um, the amount of like guardrails that uh, that we've put in place over the last few years to make sure that people don't shoot themselves in the foot. Um, so really good job by that team of uh, of stepping up there. Well, I think that's all I really wanted to cover on the nearsync side. If you had anything else that you wanted to add. No, the only thing I wanted to add is uh, so um, uh, this is all part, all documented as part of the Nutanix Bible. Um, so if you want to do some more reading up, um, it's it, it's part of NutanixBible.com. Uh, there's a separate section on nearsync there. I think we could probably spend a whole section on the backup side, maybe in the future to get yourself back on, and maybe some of the other vendors and kind of do a panel around you know, operating backup as a service or, you know, kind of more of a, an operational model about, you know, things are changing all the time now, including your own data centers and how to really attack that with AHV and, and all these other products that are now available. I think that is an awesome idea. We should definitely get that on the schedule for early next year. Well, thanks for, for joining us. Hopefully people are on comatose from turkey and wine and um, <laughs> other festivities. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Mark, and it's been enjoyable. Excellent. Now it was a good conversation. Thanks, Dwayne. All right. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out the Nutanix online community at next.nutanix.com. If you want to connect with other IT pros in your local area, attend one of our Nutanix user groups, and you can find more information on that on next.nutanix.com. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at Angelo Luciani. And as always, consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or any podcast platform. From the team here at Nutanix, as always, have a great week.